0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: Condemnation is different than conviction. Condemnation just makes you feel bad, makes you want to quit. Condemnation to have you walk away from the Lord. Conviction will draw you back to God. Conviction will say, oh man, I hate what I did. God, forgive me. God strengthen me, God help me to do better. But conviction of the Holy Spirit will just draw you back to Jesus. With a heart that feels more like his heart feels, with a mind that sees a thing God's way, that you begin to hate what he hates and love what he loves, conviction will do a great work.
0: Have you ever known someone who thinks that no matter what they do, they're never gonna have any value? Maybe you've thought that before. Perhaps you feel like you've screwed up so badly that there's no hope for you. In today's message, Pastor Bill teaches you that there's hope for everyone. Satan wants you to think that you're hopeless and there's no way you could ever be redeemed. But Jesus offers forgiveness to everyone, no matter who you are or what you've done. Jesus can give you hope. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation chapter 12 as he continues his message, Defeated Devil.
1: Verse 5 now, it says, She bore a male child... Who was to rule the nations with the rod of iron and her child was caught up to God in his throne. Who does that child sound like? Jesus. None other. There's never been a child born who the child was coming to rule the nations. So here's a few things. When it says she bore the male child who was to rule the nations with a rod of iron. The male child is Jesus born in Bethlehem. That's the baby Jesus born. To rule with the nations with a rod of iron. This speaking of what God is going to do in the thousand year millennial reign when we rule and reign with him. He's going to rule with a rod of iron over that period of time. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. This is speaking of the ascension of Christ. He came, he lived, he died, he resurrected, and then he ascended back into heaven. And we're looking for him to return, to come again. And so the child is speaking of Jesus. This is important because it's through Christ that all the Old Testament pointed that this would be the one to come saved. This would be the one that salvation is going to come through. And I want you to note something that I think will help us. Satan knew what God intended to do through Jesus. And because salvation was going to come through him, there was a great attack. There was a great attempt. There were many, many attempts to destroy him. Now, for those of us that. We want to bring the message because, you know, this is done already. Jesus already came. He died. And God has left the message with the church and said, you guys, tell the world, proclaim it loud, preach it to everybody. If you become a person that says I'm going to make my life about sharing this message, understand that there'll be attacks, there'll be satanic attacks, there'll be demonic attacks. However, as we look at here, they were all unsuccessful. So some people think of that and they're scared, like, oh, man, if I really get going with the Lord. The devil's going to come after me. Ooh, and all like that. But that, I think that's the wrong way to look at it, because God is showing us here. What's Jesus revealing? He's saying, look, Satan hated me, but he couldn't stop me. And he attempted to stop, but he couldn't do it. And he tried this, but he failed. We are seeing Satan defeated at every corner. Satan can't overcome the will of God. He cannot He's not more powerful than God. We're going to see in a little bit. He's not an equal with God. They're not on the same. They're not even on par with one another. And so if I read this and I realize that, man, Satan is not able to overcome the will of God. Then I'm saying if I'm a man, if you're a man or a woman, a child, and you're walking in the will of God, Satan cannot overcome you. You're walking in a power that is all powerful. You're walking in God's power. There's nothing that can stop you from doing and accomplishing that which Christ has put in you to do. There will be warfare. So be it. There will be battles. No problem. There will be demonic and satanic attack, but it will not be successful. As long as what we're doing is what God wants us to do, God's going to enable us to be victorious in these things. But we need to be aware that there is a demonic and satanic attack against the preaching of the gospel against everything that God wants to accomplish in the saving of lost people. And so while Satan failed here, you know, you could look through the scripture and see that he would just turn his attack on whoever would represent, whoever would share, whoever would go out, should not be a deterrent to us, should be an encouragement to us that God is victorious at every point. Again, I titled the message Defeated Devil. And so far, we saw that he tried to defeat. Christ, before he came, he failed there. He persecuted Israel before that ever happened. That failed. And we're going to see as we continue through, he's not going to be successful at any point. It says in verse six now, then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1260 days. And so in verse six, I believe this has in view those that are saved during the tribulation period because this 1,260 days, a three and a half year period, is that I believe it's the second half of the tribulation period where all hell is breaking loose. The enemy is coming against, you know, whatever he can. Time is running short, we're going to see in just a moment. And so it says the woman fled to the wilderness and she had a place prepared there. By God. This is Israel. These are going to be the Jews that are left. The remnant of Jews that are left behind, that are there, that get saved during the tribulation period. God is going to cover them even then. God's going to still be caring for them. And I want you to consider this Israel, as historically, have rejected Christ. They're going to really come to Christ in masses during the tribulation period. And I want you to see that though they've rejected Him, though they've been separated, though the church is removed. God is still have a heart for them. God is still caring for them. God is still covering them. He didn't have to keep them from these things, but he chose to. And these things, what does this teach me about God? That God loves his people. He loves those that he's chosen. Those that he's chosen and those that choose him, God cares for. And he covers. And here, while hell is breaking loose and Satan is going after and terrorizing, it says the woman fled to the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God, God prepared a place that they should feed her for this three and a half year period, that there'd be a covering and that she be cared for and taken care of during this time. And so some people believe that this is going to be the rock city Petra where this happens at, you know, so God is going to be caring for them at that time. Verse seven, it says, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon And the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was place found for them in heaven any longer. So let me explain this. Up until this part, so this is way into the tribulation period, Satan has had access in and out of heaven. Some people think that doesn't seem right, but he has. If you guys remember in the book of Job, in Job chapter 1, if you read verses 6 through 12, it says, "On the day when the sons of God presented themselves before the Lord, these are angels. The sons of God present themselves before God." and says Satan showed up, and God didn't say, "Hey, what are you doing here?" He said, "Hey, where you been? What you been up to?" So I've been going back and forth, you know. They have this little, you know, conversation like this is normal. Satan is in and out. The Bible tells us that he feeds that Satan is a prince and power of the air. That there is some authority and some power that he possesses, and he's been in and out of eternity, in and out of heaven had access. But at this point, there's going to be a fight. He's going to be cast out. And from that point on, he's booted out. And so here it says war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. So let me say this. Some people think that Satan is like God's nemesis, you know, like it's God and Satan. And they're like, you know, some people think, oh, man, what if what if Satan powers up and he maybe wins or whatever? And that's just not going to be the case Satan is a created being. God is Almighty. He's the creator. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. No authority above His. Nothing can touch Him. Michael is an archangel. So while Satan was a leading angel, the Bible says that he was the anointed cherub who covered. So he had he was an angel with power and authority. Michael is an archangel. Michael has power. Now we've seen Michael and Satan have had beef before this. They've had some skirmishes. It would be more fair to say that Michael and Satan, this may be more of an equal scrap, if you will, you know, in the spirit realm, if you can think that way. So over in Daniel, Daniel 10, 12 and 13, Daniel had prayed, remember, and he fasted 21 days and the angel came and said, hey, on the first day that you prayed, man, I heard you and I went right away. But I was held up by the Prince of Persia. I was fighting, you know, I was out there, you know, battling in the unseen realm. And then it says, but then Michael came to help me out. And Michael must be like the gangster angel, you know, because Michael came and cleaned it up and it was a wrap. You know, he just whooped him up real quick. And, you know, he said, all right, now I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I gotta go back, I gotta go do some more battling. But, you know, Mike came and got my back, you know. So I thought this was interesting, though, that this other angel that was sent out initially. Not that, you know, it was an unnamed angel. We only have names for a few angels, but it was an unnamed angel. I call him Leroy. You know, God just sent him out and he went to go battle and he, you know, called for Michael. Michael came and helped and, and prevailed. We see in Jude, which is only one chapter, so Jude 9, that Michael, the archangel there, was battling with Satan over the body of Moses, They had another skirmish. So these two may have, you know, ongoing beef. But here war broke out in heaven. Michael came. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought. So you got Michael and his angels, Satan and his angels. They have this heavenly scrap and it says, but they did not prevail. Satan did not prevail. Satan and his angels did not prevail Nor was place found for them any longer in heaven any longer. And so, again, I titled the chapter The Defeated Devil. And once again, Satan is now he's pulled up in the heavenly realm where he's been accustomed to coming in and out of when he pleased. But God says, hey, now it's over with. I've allowed you to come in and out. I've allowed you to come in and out, but now it's over with. God didn't even have to step in and do it. God was like, Mike, I can take care of that. Get your guys, man, and go ahead and take care of that. And Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and his angels and put them out. You're no longer able to come in and out. You no longer have access into this space. It says there was no longer place found for these guys in heaven. What does this reveal to us? One, that there is very much a spiritual realm where there is warfare and battle. There's a demonic realm where there are demons and devils and there's angels that are on our side. God is in charge of everything he has all the authority we're on the winning team there's more angels with michael than there are with the devil he has a third you know Jesus has more you know we just we know that ultimately in every battle and this is what I just want to encourage believers because sometimes we get weary in the battle sometimes it gets wearisome battling but if you don't quit we'll be victorious we will win ultimately don't quit maybe you're thinking about quitting maybe you're discouraged, maybe you've been beat down for some period of time, I would encourage you to not quit, to not fall. The only way we lose is if we quit. We have the victory through Christ. As we read this, God will say, look, I'm giving you a peek into the future. I'm showing you what's happening in a future date in the unseen realm. I'm still winning and he's still losing and I'm ultimately going to win and he's ultimately going to lose. And so just stand fast in the Lord. Immovable, steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And don't quit. Stay in the fight. It's a worthwhile battle. And if we stay in the fight, we do win. Our victory is not in our own might, and our own strength, that we're victorious through him. Our victory is through Christ, just like here. Why is Michael victorious? God empowered him. God sent him. God placed him. It says Satan is defeated in this time as well. Verse nine says, so the great dragon was cast out that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. You should underline that in your Bible. What does Satan do? He deceives the whole world. He's a liar. How does he deceive the whole world? I want you to just think on that. How does the devil deceive the whole world? That means that he may have some sway on information that goes out and how it's told. He's not looking at deceiving two or three people He's deceiving the whole world. You guys or later on. We're going to see after Satan is bound for a thousand years. When he's released, you know what he comes immediately to do? He goes to deceive the nations. I'm not trying to deceive neighbors. I'm deceiving nations is what he comes back to do. So we need to be careful as believers. Right. If Satan is deceiving the world, I got to consider how does he do that? He may use media. He may use education. He may use books. He may use false religions. Doesn't matter what he uses. What's my defense against being deceived with the world? God has given us the book, you guys. God has given us the living word of God. This is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. And so my victory over the enemy, how I stay wise to the schemes, the tricks, the lies, the deception is to stay rooted and grounded. In the truth of the word of God. And that's why we are pressing the body, encouraging the body and even challenging the body. Read the Bible every day, please. Let's stay rooted and grounded in the word of God. Let's study it chapter by chapter and book by book so we can know it really well. Because this is what's going to keep me victorious against the schemes, the lies, the strategies, the tactics. When the whole world is saying this is the way we should do it. The believer's going to say, no, that's not what Jesus said. And the world's going to say, oh, that book is old and archaic. And we're going to say, no, it's living and it's powerful and it's supernatural and it can save your soul. And I know you have a PhD, but I disagree with you. Know that there are educated fools out there. The Bible says that the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. I mean, God's like, if I had a dumb day, I'd be wiser than the wisest, wise person out there. But he has no dumb day. He's all knowing and all powerful. And so Satan comes to deceive the whole world. Then it says the last part of verse nine, he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And so they were kicked out. And I want you again, this is another defeat. It wasn't like they were asked to leave polite. They were kicked out. And I want you to just keep this in mind. If you get kicked out of somewhere, it means I wanted to be there. And someone with more authority and more power didn't let me. Anybody here ever been kicked out of somewhere? Maybe kicked out of a club because you got unruly? I'm sure somebody listening has been kicked out. Usually if you watch someone getting kicked out, they don't want to go, you know? If you watch a guy being kicked out of a club, he's being grabbed and dragged by big burly bouncers. He's not going willfully. He's being taken by someone stronger with authority that says, get out. You're done here. That's essentially what Michael and his angels do to Satan and his angels. They grab him. Someone more powerful says, get out. You can't be here anymore. He's kicked out and cast to the earth. Verse 10. Now, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night. Has been cast down. And so John hears this voice from heaven, a loud voice, and it's saying, Look, salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. And he says, Look, for the accuser of our brother, this is one of the names of Satan. Pay attention to it. The accuser of our brethren, look at what he does. Who accuse them before God day and night. It says, He has been cast down. So One of the things that Satan does hear this believer, is he accuses the brethren day and night. So one thing I would encourage is that as believers, we don't want to pick up this characteristic. Amen. Um, As I look at the devil and say, wow, he accuses people day and night. I don't want to take on that kind of character. I don't want to be the believer that's accusing people all the time. That's pointing out everybody's mishaps and mistakes because that's Satan's character. If you take a room full of believers, everybody's got flaws. Don't make it your job to be the believer to point them out. That's what Satan does. Satan accuses people. And here's the thing. It's not even that he's lying. He could accuse everyone listening before God with something true. Everybody think last seven days, anything you did wrong, anything you didn't do that you should have done, that you did do that you shouldn't have done. Satan is there saying, look at what he did. Look at what he did. Look at what it is true. It's true. You did do that. You did do that this week. All of you, shame on you. You did all that stuff he said, right? But I got good news for you. I got great news for you. You got a great attorney, Jesus at law. Jesus at that law. It's, uh, Hebrews 7, 25 says that he lives. He ever lives to make intercession for you. And so while Satan is there all day saying he did it, she did it. They did it. I saw him. Look at it. Jesus is there saying, no, it's washed away in the blood, washed away in the blood, washed away in the blood, making intercessions for us day and night. We're working him out, too. Some of y'all are working him out over time and y'all need to stop it. But it's encouraging to know that we're covered. But he's there accusing, 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 and the Lord is there washing and washing and forgiving and cleansing. Something we need to take from this, because If Christ's character is going to be formed in you, maybe you're a believer and you feel really good about the transformed life that you're living and this happens and then you begin to look down on those that are not as transformed as you think you are. We want to be careful about having that sort of a flavor to us as believers. We want to help people out. You know, it doesn't mean that we can't call people on some stuff and love and, you know, seek to help a brother out, but If you tend to be the believer that just, man, you can see the wrong in everybody but yourself, you probably should spend more time in the word because this is what happens. I promise you the more time you spend in the word, which the Bible says is a mirror. The more aware you will be of your own flaws, the less concerned you will be with the flaws you see in other people. So if I'm looking up, if I spend time in the word, I'm like, man, I got so much work to do. And then you come by and I see some blemish on you. I got a mole, a blemish, a burp. I got I'm dealing with myself today, sir. You know, I'm not going to be as concerned with accusing you. I'm trying to get myself together. That's really the goal. The word is to bring about personal transformation. And eventually we can reach out and help somebody else out. But be careful about taking on the character of Satan who accuses, condemns and brings down. Condemnation is different than conviction. Condemnation just makes you feel bad, makes you want to quit. Condemnation to have you walk away from the Lord. Conviction will draw you back to God. Conviction will say, oh, man, I hate what I did. God, forgive me. God strengthened me. God helped me to do better. But conviction of the Holy Spirit will just draw you back to Jesus with a heart that feels more like his heart feels with a mind that sees a thing God's way that you begin to hate what he hates and love what he loves. Conviction will do a great work. Condemnation will just beat you down and have you say, oh, I quit. I can't. I'll never be. I'll never be good enough. You know, and so be careful about being the accuser, and maybe you've been accused by someone and they got you feeling condemned and want to quit. Be careful about giving ear to that. Let conviction have its perfect work. Conviction will not let you continue in sin, but it'll have you turn into God for forgiveness and strength to overcome, not just to quit and give up. So, but Satan, the accuser of our brethren who accused him before God day and night, he has been cast down. Verse 11. And this is a key verse in this chapter. Hear this. And they overcame him. By the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Now, again, I titled the chapter Defeated Devil. And he's been defeated at every point, defeated in his attempt to try to stop the Messiah from being born, defeated in the attempt to try to kill the Messiah after he was born, defeated in his attempts, his many attempts to kibosh Israel and just wipe out the nation, kiboshed in his attempt, kicked out of the heavenly scene, him and his angels booted out by Michael and his crew. Now they're here. They're no longer able to come and accuse the brethren day and night. And then it says here, how did the believers overcome I'm seeing God is winning every battle. Satan is getting thumped out everywhere. But how does the believer overcome? Says. And they overcame him. The believers then overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb. And I got to stop and talk about that. This is so important. It might be the most important thing I say. If you tune me out, tune in and hear this. Believers overcame the enemy, the work of the enemy. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And it says the word of their testimony. It loved their lives to the end. Blood of the lamb. Why is that important? For this reason. It's nothing that they did. The blood of the lamb. That's nothing you did. Amen. You have nothing to do with the blood of the lamb. How do I overcome by something that I had nothing to do with? And God says, look, they overcame by the blood. of the, They overcame by what I did on the cross. Believers overcome by what Jesus did. We believe in him. We believe in the finished work of Christ on the cross. And it's believing in that that brings us into the place of victory. They overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and so will you. If Satan's accusing you day and night, how do you overcome that? By the blood of the lamb. Because what does the blood of the lamb do? Washes me. Washes you. Amen? We know we're not going to make it to heaven because we've been good enough. If you have a realistic view of who you are, You know that you won't make it on your merit. You won't make it because you served enough, you gave enough, you were gifted enough, you were talented enough, you prophesied, you had this gift, that talent. None of that will matter. Everyone that makes it to heaven is gonna make it because the blood of the lamb.
0: You've just heard a transforming word brought to you by Pastor Bill Buffington. What's swirling in your mind just now after what you've heard in today's message? Sometimes it takes a bit of time to fully process what was shared. Revelation is definitely one of those books that you have to almost sit and chew on, trying to discern what in the world it all means. But the good news is God's given us His Word to help us know and understand what's ahead. What a gift! He didn't leave it all a mystery. He's revealing things on each page of this book, whether or not you're fully in the know of all that it means in this moment. Keep studying it on your own and digging into Scripture with an appetite that's ready to take in what God has for you. If you like the message you just heard, we're so glad. You'll find more solid teachings like this one from Pastor Bill Buffington at calvaryinglewood.org. Will you prayerfully consider spreading the good news with us? If so locate the Give tab on our site. Don't forget, that's CalvaryInglewood.org. This ministry is an outpouring of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. We're located in Inglewood, California. So if you have some extra time and are nearby, we'd love for you to attend one of our services. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. If there's a scheduling conflict, come Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We hope that this message has ministered to your heart and you have a little more peace next time listening to it, we look forward to our next time as Pastor Bill teaches in Revelation right here on A Transforming Word.